What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on the show, Radical Ones, it's 1995, and we are watching Sinbad and Phil Hartman in House Guest. Well, I mean, how bad could it be? It's time to get radical. Hello there. It's showtime. What is this, trick or treat? Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Charlie. Welcome back, Radical Ones, to another episode of the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast. As always, I am your host, Radical Ryan Hunter, joined by the movie geek himself, Rob, and we made it to the new year. Actually, literally, spoiler, the day after New Year's Eve. Yes, yes, January 1st. This is our first recording of the new year. Happy New Year, everyone. So, Rob, how was your New Year's Eve? Because it's it's probably similar to mine. <laughs> uh, my New Year's was, was fine. I did exactly what I wanted to do, which is not be out on those streets. Amen. And, you know, just from just me being in L.A. and everything, it just did not make sense to go out, you know, especially, you know, when I don't drive. It just does not make sense. It, it would cost so much money just to go out. And I was not about that. So I just stayed home and I watched a couple of movies that I have never seen before and just brought in the new year with my traditional sparkling cider. Mark Martinelli. Oh, me, yeah. I love that. T- oh, my God. That's so funny. That is how I. 
I like to bring in New Year's too with that sparkling cider. Yeah, yeah, basically. So yeah, I just watched some movies and just hung out. So one of these movies is Roadhouse, and I did not know this, that it's getting a remake? Yes, it's going, I believe it's going to be an Amazon original, but the the cast is actually pretty stacked, at, at least for folks who are into some of the up-and-coming, like, good-looking men that are in TV and movies now. But Roadhouse is a Patrick Swayze film. It's it's sort of like an action drama. There's a lot of fighting. A lot of people may associate this movie with the run-on joke on Family Guy, where Peter just uh, does roundhouses on everyone, and then he just yells out Roadhouse, because in the movie, whenever they all fight, there's a lot of kicks. Lots and lots of kicking. Um, just Google it. It's it's hilarious. But my my husband is doing the remake. So I was like, I should just watch this and see what kind of character he's going to be doing. And I, I don't know if he's going to imitate Swayze's character because, you know, this is 80s, right? So... I don't know if he's going to come off the exact same way, but like Swayze was so smooth. He was very Zen, like nothing bothered him. Nothing got under his skin, uh, obviously until later in the film, like, you know, you find out why, but he was just so calm and collected. The way that he had to do his character was he had to be super positive and show no fear, kill people with kindness. And he also (laughs) just took no shit, but he also wanted to come off as a guy who, you believed you couldn't know how to fight or whatever. But anyways, so Swage's character is what is called a cooler. I I think this is an actual thing. I've never heard of it before, but a cooler- Is it an actual term? Well, the way that they talked about it in the film, I was like, okay, this looks like a general term because there are multiple people in the movie who do this. And so when you are in a really- rough part of town and you have that dive bar where people go and they get into bar fights and it's like encouraged and you know you're like very rude to the waitresses you grab their asses all that stuff you have what is called a cooler who is not necessarily a uh, a bodyguard or bar bag but they have similar uh job description where they have to keep everything cool in the bar so if they feel that a fight is going to break out or if things are getting rowdy it's up to them to calm everyone down or remove them from the premises okay yes and he was hired to go down to this bar and it's like one of the worst in the town it's a small town and he's hired to not only shape up the employees but to make sure to set a tone like don't come in here with no mess so yeah it, it there's more to it but yeah i was watching that and my husband jake gyllenhaal is going to take on the Patrick Swayze role, and I'm so excited. I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but are they going to go with, like, the comedy route with this? I hope not, because this movie had a really deep story. Yeah. Um, it was about it, the, this sort of, like, gangster guy was um, who just makes so much money. Like, he owns the town, you know, like, he owns the police, and he does all his, you know, drug trafficking and all this stuff through these businesses and the whole town is just under his thumb and so when this guy comes in and starts shaping things up that's when this guy feels threatened and then they just kind of go back and forth but there's like ton of violence there was a lot of nudity lots of it yeah i forgot about that (laughs) 
This is a very hard R. So I don't know sort. I don't know what they're gonna do, but they're bringing on sort of a younger-ish cast. So I have a feeling mm. the story might be changed a little bit, but I hope they still keep the same sort of maturity. Travis Van Winkle, Billy um, uh, Magnuson. I don't know if you know him. So Billy Magnuson was in um, Into the Woods. He played one of the, he played the other prince from Chris Pine. Okay, okay. Yeah, he's yummy, he's yummy. Darren Barnett, who is in Never Have I Ever, he's the hottie. If you, did you watch that show? I will murder you. No. You didn't watch it, did you? Oh my God, the show is so good. Well, he's also in this movie called Love Hard and uh, it's a Christmas like romantic comedy and it's so good. Everyone go to Netflix and watch this movie. But anyways, Darren Barnett, is this up and comer he is gorgeous and yes we're definitely going to see him a lot Bo Nab, jd pardo you know who jd pardo is by face let me show you his picture yes oh you know yes. him. so they have a stacked cast so yeah i'm excited so i watched that and yeah it, it was a, it was a fun movie so you enjoyed it okay this is good this is good and you're seeing the potential of probably what they could do i imagine it's gonna be like the footloose remake Oh where God, it's yeah. just a just a, a a tad into the CW, just a smidge. But we will see. Unless they go full on Fast and Furious with this. Oh, I see. <laughs> a total different take on our last episode, Rob, our Christmas episode where we did Preacher's Wife. We were talking about the Whitney movie. Now we both have seen it now officially. We've actually got to see acting clips because that was the big thing that we had discussed that we had seen nothing about this movie. And matter of fact, the leading to it still that week, it was ads, but it was just literally like a two second clip of Whitney singing and then still nothing. We have been talking about this since we both saw it. I absolutely loved it. I was not expecting to enjoy it. I honestly was going into it still in sitting in the seats going, oh boy, this is going to be bad, isn't it? But no, Naomi Aki, I totally believed her as Whitney. Maybe not physically, but honestly, you forget that after a while. Like she really embodies, I think, the Whitney that, you know, I mean, we don't know. Just from what I've gathered from clips and interviews over the years and things like that. Really sensational music numbers, how they incorporated it i think it was seamless and totally buying it when it comes out i know it's a dead art but physical for me physical whitney yeah it it was a good movie i actually liked it i i don't want to give anything away and not that it's like a big surprise or or a heavy twist but mm. I had no idea what this movie was going to be about. And I believe that it's based on a book that was written to share a different side of the story that many, many people do not know about. Yes. And I went in completely blind to what they were going to discuss. And I am so shocked that this happened in her life and you know for me it's very very biased but i you know, i was like this is the perfect time for this movie to come out because yeah. it would not have worked <laughs> when she was alive so i did appreciate it i thought that when she did her interviews that is when she oh, did her yeah. best whitney for me I enjoyed her and how she reacted to people and answering those questions. I, to me, that was Whitney. I was like, she's doing really, really good <laughs> impersonating her when she's in these interviews. So uh, that that was a win for me. But yes, the whole movie was great. And it was nice to highlight all of her great songs and hits and the way that she would just go through countless, countless of songs. And then she would just have to <laughs> feel 
something and then completely change it. It's funny when people write songs for music companies and they always come out different than what they are yes. intended to be. Like they give you sort of the root and then you you could just do whatever you want with it. They never sound like the original. And it was also nice to kind of highlight the fact that she did not write her own music. Most of the stuff came from people sending in their stuff, including the one and only Dolly Parton. So it was good that they highlighted all of that. So to write out the gate she's like is that going to be a problem i do not write my own songs you know and that's true not everyone could be a writer yeah i want fifty thousand dollars tomorrow kevin franklin decided he needed a change Derek. that's right now he's pretending he's Derek bond dr bond and as long as nobody finds out nurse where's that novocaine no no <laughs> kevin's having the time Go. of Derek's life Sinbad, Phil Hartman, house guest. What do you think? You're a lucky man. Does that mean you can do something for him? Rated PG. Starts Friday, January 6th at a theater near you. 1995, house guest in hot water with the mob over an unpaid debt, a con man. Now, real, is he a con man? We'll get into that. Poses as a family friend in an affluent Pennsylvania suburb. This is Sinbad and Phil Hartman. Really, I guess this is their second time after Coneheads and then the following year we got Jingle All The Way with the cookies, which we've done on this very show. Sinbad was in Coneheads, wasn't he? Yeah, I thought of that like as I was- What part, do you remember what part? I don't remember this. Random, I think he's just literally like a cameo and then that's- I don't remember that. I'll have to look that up. But yes, Jingle All the Way is what I remember. Even though they didn't get any scenes together, I, I, yes, I do remember this. January 6th, 1995. So happy anniversary. Holy crap. So this is 28 years later. The movie, though, is 25 and four days later as we begin. So um, it would have been funny if it was the 25th. Rob actually suggested this movie. And let's get into it. Sinbad. You ready to review the thing? You ready for the thing? in the thing because that's, that's all they kept doing i don't want to do this thing oh you ready for this thing this is always trying to keep things see who talks like that what is this thing even i this know thing. This thing? <laughs> derek i really have to thank you again you're welcome no thanks for agreeing to do this thing today the thing well i mean how bad could it be I mean, when you stop and think about it, I mean, what is this thing, really? Yeah. (laughs) You're a braver man than I. I mean, this is way ahead, but when he actually gets to the thing, and then they're, they're about to announce who he is, and the announcer, whatever, she's just like, oh, oh and uh, lost it. Because this whole time, we're still like, what is this man's job? So funny. But the thing. I remember watching House Guests as a child so many times. Sinbad was one of those comedians that I really looked forward to seeing on screen and i mostly know him for his stand-up comedy right he would do these specials for hbo and they were always so brilliant you know his style of comedy did not have 
to involve a lot of like inappropriate jokes right. or curse words and you know making fun of the audience i'm not saying any of that type of comedy is is bad but he just sort of took the i, I will quote will smith route where you know his style of comedy was just vastly different than everyone else's and he still succeeded to reach a very big broad audience and his comedy specials were so hilarious he would have me just crying in laughter every single time but it's mostly his physical comedy his reactions to things i'm sure he's really good at ad-libbing but oh, yeah. a lot of people don't know this but he's also a very serious actor too you know he was in a different world where he i want to say he was an ra i can't remember i'd have to really rewatch and the years show. too he was there yeah, years yeah. this is so crazy to think you're right he yeah. that was a, a soap opera so he wasn't really yeah. laughing in there exactly and he also took on a sitcom of his own see that's the other thing too is like a lot of people don't really know who this man is but he was an actual leading actor like they would reach out to him to star in stuff mostly family friendly yes. films but like he is the lead i mean just think first kid oh i know i love first kid so but yeah he even took on TV and did a sitcom called The Sinbad Show, which dealt with a very heavy uh, topic about adoption and being a parent unexpectedly. And uh, like, in that show had so many serious episodes. So he wasn't just fun and games and silly, silly, like you would see him in this movie. Like the man really took on heavy topics as well. So I just appreciated his versatility and roles and the way that he tackled you know like certain jokes and ways you know like he was really good about just talking about parenting or just growing up he is obsessed with the 60s and 70s which is why the hamster's name is shaft <laughs> he's got a shaft poster on the wall yeah. like he loves all of that era so i just love sinbad i just think he's great yeah th so that show was short-lived that was like early Fox, I want to say, was it Fox? It was. It was. I, it was Fox. I remember they thought that was going to be like a hit show, and then it got canceled. You know, everyone there was this hype for Sinbad, like Rob is saying. So this turned out to be his first lead in a movie, Rob. And while researching this, he actually his son. Royce has a podcast called Blurred Empire, which is Black Nerd Empire. And he has his father on quite a bit to discuss his movie roles. You could totally tell that he idolizes his father. And for him, his favorite role of his father, this movie. That's awesome. That's awesome. While doing this, he, he turns out, he says, every comic wants to prove they can carry a movie as a lead. And I really found that to be, that's real. That's like a, musicians when we talk about musicians going into there. Like, can you transition into other works? And he definitely succeeded with this. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, you, you watch someone who's like on a TV show and they have a you know a few great couple lines some great punch lines but it's like can you expand that type of exposure for 90 minutes 
And when you transition into that, sometimes that can be very difficult, you know, especially from for those who are like in sketch comedies, like in Living Color and stuff like that. You wonder, it's like, do I want to look at like Jim Carrey for 90 minutes when he's good for like a five minute sketch? Like, I don't know how you would stretch that, you know, because overall, you know, over time, you know, jokes can get kind of flat or repetitive or whatever. But I think he nailed it. But he... It's good that he did it in the 90s. I'm yeah. not exactly sure if the comedy would work today. In this movie, they kind of I don't I don't know if he, all of his lines was literally on paper, but it was just just the opening scene of, you know, when we get opening credits, you have to fill that time in with stuff. Yeah. <laughs> And he's just sitting there talking to himself and hyping himself up, which I'm sure a lot of people do, but just don't admit it. But at the same time, it's like, why are you talking to yourself for five minutes? But this is this is his way of of being a comedian. He's just psyching himself out and he's just so full of like like laughter and, and just hyping himself up. And, you know, he's just talking in a way of like, yeah, I'm this and I have all this money and blah, blah, blah. And I just think all of that is just... I think it's hilarious. I mean, I wasn't like crying laughing in this opener, but that's just what he was bringing to this role. Oh, a thousand percent. He actually says, Rob, that the script was so unfunny and then he ended up rewriting, it seems like half of the script, and he says basically he figured he could kind of rewrite the lines to make it funnier, but he didn't want to be labeled as hard to work with because, I mean, when your first movie and, and you're not doing any of the words as they're written, but thank God, because I am guarantee you, especially that suit scene later on, where he's coming up, like, that has to be 100% him oh, it's yeah. so natural yeah, and it flew out so easily so at phil hartman he ended up saying was became one of his close friends on that set and then he started to play with it too once he saw that sinbad was getting away with it he started doing that as well so i love that did you know this rob in november 2022nd of the previous year that we just went through sinbad is learning to walk again after having a stroke yes i did hear about the stroke and him being in the hospital uh, I want to say I read a headline that he is starting to get back on his feet. So uh, I haven't followed his his whole uh, journey at the moment, but I know that he was going through a little bit of trouble. Uh, so we definitely wish him luck. And this is definitely a celebration to him. Can I just tell you, though, when he was driving in the beginning with that wise potato chip bag, that was childhood for me like why is potato <laughs> chips i don't know i don't see them really anymore but that car was smaller than than him yeah so it turns out rob i looked this up that they made that car for him for that scene and they removed the front seats and he's driving it from the back of the car. I was going to say, there is no way that he would fit in that car. So that makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> Holy crap. Holy crap. And then he said the next week or, or, or right after filming, the car broke down. Because it was literally made yeah. to smoke and do that thing. So what do you think of this whole plot? I, as an adult watching it and just, you know you know, rewatching it with this plot, like it's so far fetched. It's so <laughs> unbelievably impossible. Well, I mean, not so, I mean, there are people out there who are definitely scamming people and all that. Like that is that's that's not without question. My thing is, is just the process, the way that it was done in this movie never 
would this ever happen? And this is what I love about 90s movies is that while this movie is based on reality, there's no fantasy or supernatural or anything like that. But this is still like fantasy. It's still a movie of a what if it's it's just altered reality. Like what if this happened? Let's create a scenario that you would never see play out in front of your eyes and put it on screen. 90s did such good work with those type of plots. They just thought of the most unimaginable and made it a reality. Another movie that literally just popped in my head that is so absurd is Blank Check. Like there is absolutely no way that that would ever happen. And that little kid committed fraud. Like it's just baffles me that something like this can work. And it's just so off the rails. But these are the type of plots that I live for when I went to the movies. Because you don't, it, it's just a, a, a real big separation from reality. And so I love this plot. It makes sense. And <laughs> you do what you have to do to create friendships <laughs> with people. Like, because you can't just do it <laughs> while you're at work or school. This is the only way that you're going to develop true deep friendships is if you con your way into it and you are forcing yourself onto other people. And it was just a weekend. This wasn't a month. This wasn't like a few weeks. This was a weekend. So that was a bond that was meant to be made. The whole concept is that the character of Gary young is inviting his childhood now is it summer camp rob did i catch that he hasn't seen in 25 years sinbad's character kevin overhears this after fleeing from the the mob and rob i just can't not bring up the whole he has this it's a gerb gerbil 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 or hamster yeah name shaft like rob said he says he's running to the bahamas and that first does he say does he try denzel first he did denzel first there was a crowd of of women um, from a convention and it was a bunch of black women so obviously if they even hear the word denzel they go insane God. so it was a great way to create a panic and a in a you know in a commotion to like blend in and run away so so he tries that first and then he tries to put his pet down it turns out that someone ends up getting him this little girl and rob it was added in that was not in the script originally because someone said well what happened oh thank god and sinbad said thank god because yeah he would have been trampled then basically and yeah i expected everybody to go crazy and i thought the hamster would have you know been stumped on so i'm glad that they actually you know showed that a little girl rescued it (laughs) i mean yeah that would have been a a loose end because we see in the beginning the polaroid even had me laugh sinbad's character has a polaroid of himself in with the cage of the hamster gerbil thing Okay, so we got a lot of 90s in this movie. We first off, we get, who should I start with? Stan Shaw, who is in Everything and Its Mother, as Larry, the tattoo artist. He was also in Monster Squad, which I love, by the way. Yes, yes, he was in Monster Squad. He was the Daryl of Monster Squad. (laughs) He was was in this movie called Daylight with Sylvester Stallone. It's one of my favorite movies ever. He, who also, he played a cop in that too but uh i remember him from harlem nights he played this boxer who had a stutter and uh he was very comedic in that but i I think stan shaw is a wonderful character actor and great friends the character does not give him up in this movie really he's just like 
uh, um, don't come home. Don't come back. Stay with those people. <laughs> and then the other thing is, let me get, oh my God, this kid's last name, Clancy Leopardi. I think it's Chauncey. Chauncey, Chauncey Oh my God. Things have not changed. Or Leopardi. Things have yeah. not changed. Chauncey Leopardi. <laughs> as Jason Young, the son of Gary. And he was in the Sandlot. Along with Sandshaw. Sand so yes. there we go. Yes. And he was also, this kid was in Casper. So very 90s. What do you think about the other kid? Because Rob is famous for saying you're only as good as your kid actors. Like, were they at all the focus for you at any point of this movie? Oh, of course. I thought Sarah was very cute. She didn't get, like, the best lines. But I think her run-in with the 90s goons was was very good. <laughs> and And, of course, she gave that creepy Caroline line, like, Kevin... I can keep a secret. I was like, "Oh God, that's scary." Yeah, that was a little scary. No, I thought I thought she did. I thought she did good. I thought she did good. So I, I liked her, and uh, you know, Jason had a, a somewhat typical, you know, role as a as a young son trying to impress his dad or whatever. Uh, You're gonna have to work yeah. harder if you want to be in the pros with that basketball. He said the big, big leagues. leagues is is big leagues used with basketball? I don't know, but I was like, I don't know. I don't think these two go together. That's as good as I know, Rob, with sports. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> big league. <laughs> but yeah, our '90s goons, um, Paulie and Joey, <laughs> the characters <laughs> of Italian mobsters. Holy shit, these two. Yeah, yeah, very, very retro with them. Listen to me, Frank. Happy's getting pissed. And we all know what happens when Happy gets pissed. He's not happy. And when he's not happy, he's pissed. You follow me? We, we want to keep Happy happy. That's right. Yeah. The way I see it, correct me if I'm wrong, Joey. We got two options. A, we give you another day. Or, or then B, we're going to kill you right now and save ourselves some aggravation. I'm going to go with A. <laughs> there was also that early on that clip montage where after the character of Kevin gets home originally and he's got his McDonald's tie in, which comes up multiple times, by the way, this was definitely must have been sponsored by McDonald's. 930 tonight. Where? Mickey D's. Which one? They only have one. I'm telling you, man, this is like leave it to Beaverland out here. He comes home and then he's flipping through the screens and he has their slap montage. I love that with like sitcoms. I saw Cheers in there. What else did we get? Simpsons, everything. So yeah, I I took down notes of all the retro stuff that I caught, and a big part of that was the slap scene because he just recently got slapped in the film, so he's like <laughs> getting you know PTSD from watching it on TV. So yeah, I caught the Simpsons, Groundhog Day, Groundhog Day, yes, Blazing Saddles, Saddles. Soap Dish was on there, Boomerang, uh, Star Trek, War of the Roses, yeah, Cheers, and what I think I saw was Northern Exposure. If there was like a soap where that woman punched that yeah. man. I think that was Northern Exposure. I'm not sure. I could have looked in the credits because the credits will show everything. But um, And good on that Boomerang clip. I like that because they're showing, look, Eddie Murphy went from this to being, you know, a stand-up comedian, his first movie role. Oh, I wonder if they did that on purpose. This big first movie role, like, of a stand-up comedian. Like, look what you could go. You could become an Eddie Murphy. <laughs> I ended up enjoying this movie once again. It's such a comfort movie to me. And even though I don't watch it a lot, 
I know that I can sit and really have a good time yeah. and not necessarily pay too much attention to it. There are certain nuances with Sinbad and Phil Hartman's comedy that are just comedic gold to me that I just laugh so much every time. Just watching this movie again, again, with all of its absurdity, I just, it's still such a funny film to watch and very family friendly. Just oh, the yeah. musical score is so 90s, you know, and oh uh, our opener with the, you know, the animated logo and title uh, of the movie, just all of that is just, is just so good. And so I, I still had fun with this movie, I thought. His hysterical i guess i probably saw it i didn't see it in theaters but i when it came out on vhs i remember my family renting this and everything probably went over my head but man did i laugh rob just really quickly highlights this quote if you drive away i'll be standing here pointing oh my god <laughs> that just i don't know why laugh my ass off and then he says earlier he gets a package delivered from the friend the tattoo artist larry and he's just like He's like, I don't know what this is. I'm not a psychic. I'm not Latoya Jackson because this is when Latoya Jackson had this psychic hotline in the 90s. So that is so freaking 90s. Hello, I'm Latoya Jackson. If you have any questions about your future, now you can call your own personal psychic anytime, 24 hours a day. Thanks to the Nationwide Psychic Discovery Network, you can pick up the phone and talk directly with an established professional psychic in the privacy of your own home. Call the number on your screen right now and get a confidential psychic consultation. Discover what the future holds for you. Yeah, the references were were on point for sure. Uh, just bringing up, oh, there's a ticket of, of Pearl Jam oh. <laughs> inside every book. And then the whole audience went crazy. And I'm like, this is when Pearl Jam was was it you know you would go crazy over Pearl Jam so there was a lot of those like 90 references now especially like Jason the kid with his oversized clothes that he would wear his hair ST3 how many times I gotta tell you I ain't down with Steve kid call me ST3 I. ST3. So yeah, ST3 was damn great man. Okay, so we get a lot of ST3s in our lifetime in the 90s. God. I mean, before Ice, it was ST3. They both even had the names like cut in the back of their hair. Like that that's who they just wanted to oh. imitate. <laughs> damn. Like black culture and it it just would be from the whitest man in the world. This is something that I noticed with ST3. So later in the movie, you know, uh, Sinbad is kind of setting him right because he goes on this like tour of fixing everyone's problems and making sure he's there for everyone. And one of them is dealing with this guy who is cheating on the oldest daughter of the friend, Brooke. And so he gets in the car. Not only is he trying to set him straight, like you're not black, you're not from the hood, you know, like be yourself, right? He's also... You know, scaring him to death. You got Brooke, who is a, a a gorgeous woman, and you out here hanging out with Chicken McNuggets. That's that's the term that he uses. Anyways, so ST three yeah. was being scared because they were driving down railroad tracks towards a train, and he kept saying he kept calling him B. That's a nice ride, you mother. This is nice. Yeah, yeah man. Look, I want to talk to you about something. What's up, yo? I don't know if you noticed this. Like, ST3 kept saying, you know, like, you're on the train tracks. Yo, you're, you know, B, give me the, you know, the wheel. Oh, B, yeah. drive off. The, what he is just that? So he kept calling him B. So I've heard the term before. Somebody called me B once. That was a nickname with one of my friends. And if you remember from Half Baked, 
Scarface would always call everyone B. He goes, I'm Cuban B. And so the term B actually is an actual term. It turns out that it's it's short for either bro, baby, or babe, or etc. But it's also it's also an affectionate term for a loved one used to address a homie, ya girl, or ya moms. So B is actually a term. So when he oh was appropriating, God. he was doing it correctly. You use the term B, so it's actually a thing. Oh, that is so funny. That, okay. So, yeah, yeah, ST3, even the name. I was like, is this supposed to be an STD? Because this is some shit. <laughs> what about the speech that Sinbad gave? Well, I guess it wasn't a speech, but the story about the two sharks. Holy crap. And his eye, his eye <laughs> was looking at me. <laughs> oh, boy. You have changed. You used to be so uptight when we were kids. You used to lecture us on bicycle safety. I have been sane since since the accident. What accident? I was scuba diving in the Cayman Islands with my friends and we're out there looking for stingray and all of a sudden two great white sharks came out of nowhere. Bam! Just attacked us and it was it was just, it was vicious. It was like I've seen off a jaws. I, and it, it was just bloods and bubbles and butts and everything was the, and then I, I saw him bite my friend his head came off and his eye was on me. His eye was on me. Oh God. Oh. You see. Oh. oh my God. Oh. Oh. I'm okay. Wow. This is great. Yeah, this is great. I mean, this is really great. See, that's the kind of stuff that I don't know if it was literally written on paper or did he just run with an outline of a story and then took it in his own direction? And then Phil Hartman had to like, I don't want to step over you, but he didn't know when to speak. And he was just like, easy, easy, <laughs> calm down. But he, you know, Sinbad was just taking every story like over the top to make it believable because when something is so absurd it's like why would you lie and you don't want to question it and this was part of his charm and way of being inserted into this lie that he created i want to touch on kevin for a second because you asked earlier if he was an actual con man so yes so in this movie, they really lay it on thick to depict someone who really isn't successful and needs improvement in his life. We can go back to the Uncle Buck syndrome. Yes, thank you. Yeah. And there's also a little bit of son-in-law in this, which is a very 90s thing where somebody in the outskirts of life who's, you know, street smarts and been around the block changes this suburban tight-knit family for the greater good, right? And- it's just a mesh of two different worlds is basically what it is. And 90s did this all the time. What I will say to that is that, you know, even though he had the broken down car and, you know, he had these pipe dreams and he really wouldn't be the adult, you know, the man had so much optimism and zest for life. Just the way that he was hyping himself up and he was at 35 still saying to himself, I'm gonna make it one day. It's gonna be my day. It will come. Usually people at that age who don't really have all of the, you know, materialistic capitalism sort of stuff by his age, they would have given up. They would have just been thrown in the towel and been like, I'm never going to be anything. This man still continued to love life and still go for it. 
And as far as the con man thing, I think because of the way that he conned his way into this family, that is a way to sort of label him. But yeah, his get rich quick schemes, he wasn't out there scamming anyone. Exactly. I just thought it was get rich fast schemes, like you're saying. And he he was investing in them. Like he was getting the supplies of them to sell them, like the basketball cards. So yeah, I didn't take that as a He didn't steal. He was running from the mob and he used his family to hide. He didn't use them to steal money from them or to, you know, try and get the money somewhere, you know, to pay them back. Like he literally just wanted to hide. He didn't want to have anything to do with them or put them in harm's way. He just needed to get out of there. But because he was conning them is where this plot device came from but given that he wasn't a con man let's just go through the things that he did he committed theft and fraud at the airport (laughs) there was assault (laughs) he performed possible surgery without a degree imitating a a dentist driving recklessly like multiple times i I, like he (laughs) he did a lot of crime in this movie. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, I... Oh, I... I'm not asking you to do it for free. I don't oh, pay you. you couldn't pay me. Oh, I because insist. You should decide that that moth is going to get in somebody's hair. I've got to get it. <laughs> the girls from the hood with that funeral jacket. It was GFH was the abbreviations. Again, I when he came up with these so quickly, what this thing stood for in this sea of people. It, it's just yeah, each one fit the person that he was talking to, and I think that's like why the con worked so well is because he was able to adapt to any situation, any person that approached him, and he would just play off as if he knows everything that they are talking about but when you are like meshing well with someone in a conversation they're not really thinking about the person in front of them all they can think about is he is receiving everything that i'm spewing and so it's like if you hype them up they're not really going to care who you are and that's how he deflected all of these ways that he was supposedly (laughs) supposed to get caught oh what does that stand for Oh, the Gaming Foundation of Harlem. I've heard of that. It's a charitable organization, isn't it? You said it. Oh, yeah. He's a nice guy. Uh, He's the genuine article. What does that stand for? My great-grandfather, General uh, Francois Heimlich Maneuver, World War I and II. Good guy. What does it stand for? Gemstones, furs, and haberdasheries. Graduated, full honors. Oxford. <laughs> I guess you would know about that. I went to Harvard. Yeah, right. Harvard Street. Oh, it's a gospel group I was with. Huh. Godliness, faithful, and honest. Ah, uh, amen. Geeks for hire. It's a temporary service. You'd fit in. Y'all would call us. Gas from humans. Girls from the hood. G-strings for the huge. Gotta feed the hungry. Girls feeding the homies. Is that a joke? Godliness, faithful, and honest. Oh, 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 oh. Good, fine, and healthy. And baby, you it. Bam! You know what I'm saying? <laughs> question for you where in this movie where you have failed like where you have been found out like could you keep up this ruse all the way to the end of the movie or is there a point where you're like i can't do that there's no way i'm going to convince this family i'm for i'm legit from the first time when he went over to him and he was just like yeah it's me yeah, it's I, you ever when phil Harmon was looking at him like i would just be like oh crap or what about she's dead gary i spoke to her yesterday oh and then he had to come up with the no the sun died but the son's really alive but no it died to me i would not be able to rob what about i mean that speech such smart such quick i think well it really comes down to phil hartman right like 
the movie plot would not work if Phil Hartman was not so naive. Like even in the beginning when they called his name on the intercom and he literally oh handed God, his kid yes. and was like, stay here. I will go back. I'm like, you are leaving your child with a stranger. No, it doesn't matter that you kicked it with this man when you were yeah, a kid. No one you knows. No idea who this guy exactly. is. After 25 years, you don't know anybody. I just, but the fact that he was just so naive and eating it all up and just, just basking in like the times that they were at summer camp, like it just shielded any kind of truth that, that he was ready to hear. He wasn't, he wasn't trying to hear anything else except you are my friend. I don't care. He didn't know the song. He couldn't recite a lot (laughs) of the stuff. But he didn't care because he was just like, this is my buddy. I don't care. Their relationship was really cute. But you're right. If Phil Harmon's character wasn't open to receiving this, this friendship that he desperately needed, clearly. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it would have not. But you're right. I think it's it's Phil Hartman's charm, too. The two of them together. Oh, remember how we always used to sing this song? Good night, Irene. Good night. Good ride, Irene. Good night. Good night, Irene. Good night, Irene. I wish I had some dairy queen. I'll see you in my dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Real, real comedic gold. I, I enjoyed some of the other stuff that was going on. Um, the party I thought was was great. Again, I don't know how he would be able to take these group of people and sort of like. Do you see how easy it was for them to just let loose and it's just like the wine thing? Like, is that the party too? You're thinking about that wine? The, yeah, it's <laughs> the brick house thing. Yeah, just hearing brick house <laughs> and you know, hey ho, like that was a very big joke or or thing to imitate back in the 90s that song was everywhere Everywhere. you heard that term everywhere Everywhere. and so it it just made sense for all of that to be in there (laughs) but them doing the conga line and oh you know what was also like super 90s was just that fast forward sort of like so weird and it only came cinematography yeah they were going fast and and showing that everyone's Doing this brick house thing, drinking this wine, yeah, in, in fast motion. But yeah, throughout the movie, there was a lot of that. I guess it just shows just sort of like its its rushness and just anticipation. Like when he was, you know, trying to escape from the house and, you know, he's throwing the suitcase out of the window. Like they would fast forward the the film and it's a very interesting technique of of telling a joke or showing physical comedy but they did that a lot in the 90s that i noticed too so the dog was so 90s having the dog party hard too that it passed out it's so 90s and then this scene though when he does escape for the first time and he sees that mcdonald's because he's pretending to be a vegetarian and it's like slow motion he's running to this mcdonald's so funny so funny now did mcdonald's have like a happy meal with house guest toys in it what was up with this appreciation for mcdonald's it was everywhere in this movie every the first thing he got uh salt for the for i forgot what it was cholesterol for the fat people mcdonald's for the adults there must like mcdonald's must have funded like the food or paid for half of this movie i don't know but like mcdonald's was everywhere in this just even referring brooke with the 
girls he was you know this sd3 was cheating with like you have a steak and you out here with chicken nuggets. mcnuggets and i'm just like the product placement of mcdonald's was insane like he throws like a, a mcdonald's bag into a random crib but it lands perfectly where the logo shows front and center to the screen there should have been house guests so it's like you said or at least they should have sold the vhs when it came out but what about those prices I, right dollars he's all that food he's ordering the food and he literally lists the entire menu i'm like you are seriously product placing right now just naming all of these delicious sandwiches that they have hi there may i take your order please yes you may uh give me a big mac a quarter pound of cheese, a quarter pound of cheese double, a macaroni deluxe with cheese, a cheeseburger with cheese, and a large order of fries, and a large Coke. That comes to 1087, sir? Okay, change that. Oh. A quarter pound with cheese, uh, uh, a large Coke, and a large fry. Comes to 407, sir? Right. Give me the nuggets. I need two nine-packs, okay? There they are. Coming up right now. Yes, cheese. Yeah. Thank you for dying McDonald's. But yeah, the McDonald's tie-in was insane. There was so much of it. But I mean, that was also a very 90s thing too, especially with kids. Like, we live for McDonald's. You remember Richie Rich? Oh my God, like, forget it. You have your own McDonald's? Like, that was a moment, right? McDonald's was just it. Master Richie was of the opinion that his young guests deserve a break today. You have your own McDonald's? No way! Not bad. Wow! Yes! Doing an analysis of the uh, secret sauce. Macaulay Culkin has a McDonald's in his houses in the movies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Did you notice? Here's some more '90s for you. So they go to they go to the country club, and the, the you know the mobsters are are slowly chasing Kevin throughout the club, and they need a tour guide to show them around so they can have access to the club. Our tour guide is none other than Ugg from Salute Your Shorts. Literally, he. He wrote down exactly what I wrote. Salute your shorts. Holy crap. And I found out this he passed. Yeah. Yeah. I actually read that earlier this year yeah. um, that he passed. I think I sent you that did. to you, too. You did. And it came yeah. back to me. And I was just like, oh, my God, he's gone. It's I hope we never part. Now get it right or pay the price. <laughs> <laughs> oh, question for you. So in the beginning, Sinbad is watching an inspirational tape or whatever before the cards arrive. And there's this man on the screen and he's singing this really cheesy song that gave me so many memories. Wasn't that the host of Hollywood Squares? Is that him? He had a, a name like it was... Um... On this movie, it was like Gary Happy or something, right? It was. It looked just like him. It looked just like him, and yeah, it. I don't know if that was him though, but I was like, he looks exactly like the host. But it reminded me so much of Hollywood Squares. I I wonder if that was him. John Brockett, comedian, house guest. Do doesn't look like it says he was a George Romero's Day of the Dead, nineteen eighty-five, as a zombie. Oh, oh, well okay. then, well then, it must be, <laughs> it must be. <laughs> so you mentioned Uncle Buck earlier, Rob, right? Like that plot kind of esque. 
I got, first off, the cover of House Guests to me was very Uncle Buck when we saw, when we thought it, that it projected this house guest that was going to be this, the kids against the uncle who's going to yeah, ruin just, the house. Just rocking the boat. I would not put it past them if it was a little inspirational. I mean, yeah, that, that totally makes sense. So you go from that, right? So I'm like, I have this in my head. And then I find this. John Candy was the first choice to play Kevin, but he died before filming began. And then I wrote the cover as very Uncle Buck. I actually am glad it's Sinbad because... I'm so glad uh, it's Sinbad. This, especially since he ad-libbed probably half these things. Yeah, this this would have been like almost like an Uncle Buck retread in a way. Yeah. Different, but... I would believe him if he was saying all of that stuff to me. It, it's just, again, so outrageous that you just can't question it. So, oh, question for you. So in the beginning, this is very quick. This is during his monologue in the beginning when he's driving home. And he was naming all of his accomplishments when he was accepting his award. Oh, yeah. And one of them was like, and the creator of the new Pop-Tart flavor, Spam Salmon Croquette tofuti can you imagine would you eat this <laughs> never rob never <laughs> it's optimism it's pure optimism <laughs> but those had to be ad-libs like you're right that drive i'm picturing him just sitting there like coming up with these in like a room somewhere yeah so i i think in 90s fashion i think this movie really is one of those model movies that you would get from like a disney film or a family film to take your family and whatnot and sinbad was just very good at filling in those roles yep. to take you on that adventure in such a friendly way and and you know just fun for the whole family type of thing and again the bromance between him and phil Hartman was really really good and i would have loved to have seen the two of them work together again with the plot and everything and the way that airports are like you can't even fathom doing something like Never. this at all in an airport but i just like sinbad's comedic style and i will forever enjoy a lot of the stuff that he did back then is this a movie for people though like do we recommend this to everyone it seems like it's a very nostalgic you know mm. good for its time type of movie it'd be hard to really just be like sit down watch <laughs> this with me you'll love it you know but this again comes up I have yet to see this on reruns over the years why isn't this a family staple because to me if they played it more on TV Rob I would recommend it to someone who grew up in the 90s and their kids I think because I think the kids are getting a good education from their parents I, with, with things I hope I hope but you're right I don't know if anyone like right off the bat would go let me watch this and, and it, you have to have lived through the 90s I think. But honestly, freaking loved it. I'm a broken record. Yeah. Well, well, it's just with all the retro stuff that's in it too, the the cell phones that they were using. Oh. <laughs> a lot of um just the way of just depicting like physical comedy is just so 90s. I just love that type of <laughs> style. And so House Guests will just forever be one of those movies that I just I just love. 
So I'm glad that I was able to like talk about it in this forum to, you know, just show love for that movie and appreciation for just Sinbad in general. Rob always comes up with these ones that when I rewatch them, I'm like, oh my God, how did I not rewatch this sooner? And this is definitely one of those movies. And um, yeah, really, really, I really enjoyed it. But is it dated? I don't know. I don't know. It works for me, though. It works for my mindset, like you said. Suspend belief radical ones, and then you can enjoy Sinbad with Phil Hartman in this movie. So I guess that's approved by us. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we'll come up with a radical rating system. (laughs) I think David said one, two glow sticks. I was like, I don't know if we're raving, but (laughs) one glow stick. What are we up to, Rob, when we're not doing this show? Every other Sunday, we are talking Charm still. We're covering the comics, the last two seasons of the Charm phenomenon in comic book form. Every other Sunday, it's Brunch with the Hollowells. You can listen to it on any podcast app and just see what we think as our first opinions on reading the comics as they wrap up the adventures of the Hollowell sisters. And this is the other upcoming 25th anniversary of charm so we possibly might have exciting things to announce in the next few months in general with the charmed fandom who knows we'll see you can also reach the radical retro rewind podcast one word on instagram we have thundercats coming up the end of the month we're sorry this was a little shorter comeback in january but after this we're going back to our normal schedule every friday episodes and we'll continue you to see you in February. Well, I, I'm I'm gonna, you know, put Ryan on the spot a little bit here. Ryan, why don't you plug your oh. TikTok and also our t- 2023 adventure that we're gonna try and do each each week. Okay, so Rob has been suggesting we do little uh, not maybe not skits but re recreations of scenes that we're doing of like let's say the movie of the week the tv show that we're doing pick a scene in the movie and the two of us or god knows maybe even david one day will do will do something and we're gonna recreate the scene and post it that week of the episode so you get a little more nostalgia that way with us recreating a moment that we thought might might have stood out something that we think that we could have done and rob could probably explain it better but well just think about our summer yes of the dead ryan clearly put in a lot of work to imitate a lot of uh scenes that he loves from his romero zombie movies so just think in terms of that maybe not as dressy but the fact that we are both in different time zones and different coasts we're gonna see how our (laughs) comedic styles will work together in the form of tiktok so it should be fun but just in the promotion of the uh the movie that we're gonna review so this is our first this will be our first attempt radical one so by the time you hear this episode it should be out on instagram and tiktok (laughs) yeah so tell everyone what your tiktok is so they can follow see he's this is why he's good with this okay rob it is all you tiktokers you finally got us there it is radical retro rewind very easy (laughs) 
and we will be doing that scene on there. Something new to look forward to this year. And then there's going to be little, little things here and there. We really want this to be the year of the Radical Retro Rewind podcast where it takes off possibly. Maybe we'll go we'll go higher. Higher on the charts of, of the Spotify's and the Apple's and things like that. Thank you for being here. Thanks to Rob. And we will see you next time, Radical Ones. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Thanks, Latoya. Let your psychic companion lead you towards a brighter future. Call now for your exciting psychic discovery. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.